take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. The way to believe in your idea is to find other people that believe in it too. Finding other people helps make sure that your voice and your ideas won't be left behind. The thought of the day comes from physicist and philosopher Galileo. He said, Who would set a limit on the mind of man? Who would dare to assert whether we know all there is to be known? Hello friends, and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I I grew up as a fish out of water in a mainstream environment in the 1970s and 1980s. My cerebral palsy was an oxymoron. I used my cerebral palsy before the ADA with a 6T formula. Think, trust, tool, try, test, and train. I often stood up, but I was also often misunderstood. With previous and future episodes, I have offered theories and practices that helped me with disability engagement. These days, the CASEL model is used to build more collaborative academic social-emotional learning tools. The CASEL model uses self-management and social management skills to develop self-direction and responsible decision-making. This is episode 90. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. For the month of January, I have been talking about articulate thinking and reasoning. Today, I am talking about individual disability advocacy. Some people have said that finding your own path includes finding your own voice. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about some of the problems that I had with individual advocacy because my disability was seen as a medical problem. And therefore, many of my social needs were misunderstood. Keeping up with classmates and people in the mainstream environment often compromised my ability to speak up for myself. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the West Virginia University Center for Excellence in Disabilities, advocacy promotes the interests and ideas of a cause of someone or a group of people. An advocate recommends or supports a cause or policy. 
Advocacy is also about helping people find their own voice. Self-advocacy is an individual's ability to communicate, convey, negotiate, or assert his or her needs or desires. Self-advocacy means understanding your strengths and needs, identifying your goals, knowing your legal rights and responsibilities, and communicating all those important ideas to others. Self-advocacy is about speaking up for yourself because you know something is wrong or needs to be changed in some way. Advocacy is not only about helping yourself, but also helping other people next to you or in similar circumstances. Advocacy is not only knowing something that needs to be improved, but finding other people who care about those issues, finding ways or methods to promote or implement changes is important. Many times, advocacy comes down to people that believe in you and support you against those people who think the issue is not important or not of value to them. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about some of the problems I had with individual advocacy. One of the first problems I had growing up was I was the only person in school with a physical disability. I was simply outnumbered. Other kids or adults had trouble relating to my disability or they thought your disability is your problem. I remember in first or second grade asking about an elevator to be put in school. And I got a similar response to, we're not going to get an elevator just for you. We are giving you the privilege of being here in school. This translation I understood was that it was easier for me to change than for the school or others to change. Your disability is your problem is also a similar attitude that my parents sometimes had. It was common in the 1970s and 1980s for people to believe that adapting to the system was easier than fighting against it. When I tried to speak up for myself, I was often thought of as a troublemaker. The physical intimidation or threats made me feel like I was crazy, especially when it involved different levels of authority. The medical definition of therapy involved a person's ability to adapt or get better. So I understood that if I didn't adapt, I didn't belong. I've talked in previous episodes about speed, number, abstraction, and complexity in disability processing. Just trying to keep up with others and conform was a primary objective to stay out of trouble. But also understanding that issues and problems continue to persist with beliefs and values. For example, a person that sees or does disability discrimination only sees it once. But the recipient of the discrimination or injustice has experienced it dozens of times. 
Even more recently, members of my own family didn't acknowledge my functional disability difference. This was despite me having crutches and several operations and seropalsy. But for years, my brain damage was denied. There was sometimes pretending and even believing that I was no different than my able-bodied siblings or my able-bodied parents. The reality was denied because many people in my life had that similar attitude, that working harder made me more independent. But that attitude sometimes translated to your disability is your problem, not our problem. The community or the family needs were more important. And by thinking of my disability as a family or community problem rather than an, rather than an individual problem, I was already protecting the family and community by making responsible decisions. Sometimes people attributed or made attribution errors based on surface issues they didn't understand. Many times people have said, your disability doesn't affect me, so it's not my problem. But the reality is that even if you, people don't have disabilities, they often will age into or become part of the, of the disability community. Over the past year, I have become part of the chronic illness community. I didn't necessarily think of myself or my disability that way. But I think of my disability as a more chronic, manageable problem. People are sometimes confused when I define myself that way. To paraphrase Galileo, I cannot know the limitations of a man. I also do not want to be left behind by the limitations of people that don't believe me, my voice, or my ideas. Those people don't believe in me. Were there one or two things that you heard that resonated with you? There are more episode resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world.
You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.